Last week, we began talking about fear. And what, I believe what, a, what a, a critical time to be talking about this and to be talking about you know, fear and, and how you know, fear is something. It doesn't matter what's going on in the natural. Fear is something that the enemy brings to people's hearts and minds. So it's always something that, that has to be dealt with. Same thing like pride. You know, pride is not something you just pray once and all and, hey, agree with me. Let's pray about it and let's agree that I'll never deal with pride again. Well, the only way you'll do that is if you slip out of your body and go to heaven. Because as long as you're here on the earth, the nature of the flesh is pride and selfishness. Do you realize that? And all you have to do to be selfish and proud is nothing. Just yield to the way you feel. Just yield... You know, it's kind of like when you teach along these lines, you know, people might say, well, you know what, since you've been teaching about walking in love and you've been talking about pride, boy, I've been having trouble with it, you know. Well, here's the thing. You don't have trouble with things you yield to. But it's only when you start trying to do something about it. And then, then you're having trouble with it. It was causing you trouble the whole time, but now you've been able to identify it. And that's why you have to identify it. And so the same thing with fear. We have to deal with fears. The way you conquer fear is you deal with it. And so, like we said last week, you can't stop fear from coming at you, but you don't have to yield to it. I can't stop the birds from flying over my hair, my head, but I can stop them from building a nest in my hair. That's the way thoughts are. See, thoughts may come and go, but thoughts that are not put into action, they die unborn. And so the thing that's going to stop you from stepping into the plan that God has for you is fear. And so that's why you have to deal with fear. Say, fear, I resist you. I refuse to fear. Even, I said this too, even dread. Who's ever just dreaded something? You know, that is an accent element of fear. It's it's a a trace of fear. Why? A fear that I don't want to deal with that. Oh, man, I don't want to. I mean, there's something, and so I've just spoken to that and just said, I refuse to dread. It's kind of like, I mean, I know a few years ago I had to go to jury duty, you know, and so, you know, that's something that people might want to dread, you know, or people have to go do this certain thing. I have to go help do this, you know, but, but you just have to conquer that. You have to say, no, I'm not going to have that. I'm, I refuse to fear. Amen. Know what? God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He said, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. See, it's not just me making a decision, I'm going to be strong in my own willpower. No, I'm going to be strong because the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, like if if my boys were here and, and then there was a big dog right there. You know, and he, you know, you could see his teeth, but my boys were hiding right behind me, and I had a big stick or something. You know, they could taunt the dog, they could do whatever, you know, and just, why? They know that they're secure with their dad. The same thing if I'm hiding under the shadow of the Almighty, I know that I'm protected. Why? Because he's with me. We used to sing a song, and I know I, <laughs> I say this a lot, but sing this song Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I will not. I am not afraid. I am not dismayed. I'm walking in faith and victory. I'm walking in faith and victory for the Lord, my God, is with me. See, that's why I can be bold. 
Because I'm, see, boldness always is the result of knowledge. The knowledge that he's with me. You know, when you read the Old Covenant, it talked about, who's ever read this phrase? It talked about the heart of the people melted. Well, the reason it melted is because they, they um, the, the uh, people of God had God with them, and this other people didn't. And sometimes it was the people of God. Maybe they had forsaken God, and they didn't have his presence with them, and their, their, their heart melted. And so they had to be reminded that the Lord your God is with you. And it just emboldens you. It just props your faith up. And so one thing I want you to realize is with God, you and him are a majority. See, no person can stop you from God's plan. No person can, can make you stop short unless you quit or give up. And so the Bible is full of accounts of his people that were outnumbered <laughs> and against all odds. See, people think, man, I just don't have the perfect situation right now. All, everything is not lining up. Well, welcome to earth. <laughs> welcome to being a believer. Yeah. And so God, God, I think he just takes, he takes pleasure in, in showing off. Yeah. And, and, when, when, and see, what happens is we have to give him all the glory and all the honor. Amen. So I want you to turn to the book of Judges chapter 7. And I thought of a, a couple of different titles, but I'm just going to title this Gideon's 300. Gideon's 300. Judges chapter 7. And just to give you a little backdrop, Gideon, here he was. Um, you know, they were in, in bondage the, to the uh, land of Midian, the Midianites. And Gideon has this angel appear to him. And what does he say? You're, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, say what? Who are you? <laughs> not me. You know? I'm, not, I'm, not the, I'm not the courageous one. And so, you know, God calls those things that be not as though they were. Amen. He calls us believers. Yeah. <laughs> he calls us sanctified, even when we don't look like it. That's right. So, God, you know, God walks by faith, too. <laughs> he calls you happy and full of joy. Yes. Amen. And so what happens is, he tells him that you're going to deliver the people of God. And so then, you know, Gideon gets into this thing where he says, Okay, Lord, if it's really you talking to me, then, then I'm going to put this uh, fleece out and, and make, the, make it um, with dew on the, on the fleece and the ground dry. And then he does it the other way around. Make the fleece dry and then um, the ground wet. And that way I'll know. And uh, I heard Jesse DePlantis, he said uh, this one time, he said, Brother Jesse said, he said, that's what a lot, of, a lot of believers, he said, that's the battle cry of a Christian. Show me a sign, Lord. Show me a sign. <laughs> but that's what he's saying. Show me a sign. And so the Lord appears to him, and, and he knows it's the Lord. And so what, what happens is the Lord's going to use him to deliver the people of God from the Midianites. So if you, you look in um, chapter 7 of Judges, right? Joshua Judges. Then Jerubel, Jerubel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, The people that are with you are too many 
for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. So what's he saying? It's not according to your might. It's not according to, to what you can do. You know, it reminds me of a scripture over in Deuteronomy 8, verse 17. And you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand hath given me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives thee power to get wealth. So when God prospers us, that's why the Bible says, when you get goodly houses, when the Lord does this, when he does this, then you shall remember the Lord. And so that's why we can never forget him. Never forget where you come from. And God gets all the glory. Amen. Look in verse 3. He says, Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. Now I don't know what, what, what he maybe thought. Maybe he thought maybe a, 10 or 20 people would leave. Okay, everybody, this is the word of the Lord. Whoever's afraid, go home. And there returned to the people 20 and 2,000. And there remained 10,000. I mean, what kind of army is that? You know, you got, if you're afraid, then you go home. And he loses, I looked at it this morning, it was like 60, almost right at 69% of the people. They, they went home. Can you imagine the other, the other parts of the army? You bunch of chickens. You know, they're just, they're probably saying like, what are you doing, you know? You're, you're leaving us. But that was the word of the Lord. Why? Because God said, you can't get the glory for it yourself. <laughs> and see, here's one of the things he realized. Fear is contagious. See, fear is contagious. So that's why when you're going through a battle in your life, don't confuse yourself and don't, don't deceive yourself that you, you can just talk to anybody. You can't just, you know, and see, that's what happens a lot of times. People are going through a struggle. Maybe they're going through a sickness. And what do they, you know, they, they talk to some, their family members. Then Aunt Minnie calls and says, well, well how, you know, how are you really feeling? You know, don't, don't give me that faith stuff. Just, just tell me how you feel. Walking by sight. And then, then someone else calls. It's like the, the devil orchestrates it and he sends all these people that, that call you and ask you why. Because you're just rehearsing what's going wrong. What's, what's what the, the bad report. And so <clears throat> that's why you have to rehearse the good deeds of God. And so what he says here, he says, let them all go home and 22,000 left and there remain 10,000. But see, Faith is also contagious as well. And that's why you see when Joshua and Caleb in, in um, <clears throat> Numbers 13, I believe it is, <clears throat> he talks about how <clears throat> Joshua and Caleb were there. Caleb stilled the people. Why? He, he took a authority right there and said, no, we can go and do it. We can go. Why? Because when, when doubt and unbelief come, you, you can't just play around with it. You can't just pet it and say, okay, unbelief. You know, we believe in balance around here, and we just got to have a little bit of truth and a little bit of unbelief, you know. 
The way you get balance is by truth, not by truth and unbelief. And so, you know, you, you just have to root it out. And so, um, notice what he says right here. Before I go on that, you know, we said faith is contagious. You know, it's not just about having a good talk. What's, what's in someone's heart? Because, you know... You need to listen to, you can listen to people. Maybe they say something, but, well, we're, we're just believing. But, you know, there, there's trepidation in their voice. Well, we're just, we're just believing God. It's going to be all right. Well, see, faith is not scared. That's right. Amen. Faith isn't depressed. That's right. <laughs> Did I lose somebody? See, examine your heart when you're, when, see, it's not just about, now, now, I believe that you can have, you can have fear trying to attach itself to you, and you can stand up, even like I said, you can have uh, <laughs> goosebumps on your legs, and you, you can still stand up and say, no, fear, I resist That's you. Right. And you can still stand up like that. But you can't, you can't allow fear to stay in your heart. Amen. Verse 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for, for you there. And it shall be that of whom I say, this shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whomsoever I say unto you, this shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So I'm sure Gideon thought, boy, 10,000, boy, it's a lot less, but at least I got 10,000. The Lord said, that's still too many. He's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so he brought down the people to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt you set by yourself. Likewise, everyone that bows down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into the, your hand. And let all the other people go every man to his place. So can you imagine? You have 10,000 remaining. And God gives them this test. And this test is a drinking test. They're going to they're gonna see how they drink. And so the ones that go down. And they just probably you know, get down on their knees. And they just put their head in the water and they drink. The others, they get down and they put it and they bring it up. And they're looking. You know, the Bible says, watch and pray. And so, those 300 are the ones that were able to stay with Gideon to fight the battle. And so, there's a watchfulness. But I want you to realize this. And, you know, people, this might be, people may not have looked at this before. But, but I believe it's this something that, that we have to look at today. Is God chose these people according to how they drank. He approved them by how the way they drank. Do you know that, that, that for us, it makes a difference how we drink? Yes. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Yes. Oh, 
As a believer, you have to drink. The new wine, what's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. He's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that that's, I mean, you could look at other things like the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew chapter 25. Talks about there was ten virgins. Well, being a virgin, we think pure, that very well could be, you know, symbolic of the church. Now, we know that the whole parable is one point. Those that were ready went in. And so that was the main part of that parable. But think about the church. The church is pure. The, per- the church is, is like a virgin. <clears throat> and it said, though, that five were wise and five were foolish. And, and what was wrong with the ones that were foolish? They didn't have enough oil. See, that's why, I, <laughs> that's why you need to be in church on Sunday. And every time the door opens, that, that, that when we have revival meetings, when anytime you can feed yourself at home, anytime you can listen to a podcast to praise and worship and just spend time. Why? Getting filled up. Getting filled up. Getting filled up. Amen. Why? Because if you're, un, if you're unwise, that's why he says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord, the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine. Where in his excess, the Amplified says debauchery, but be ever filled and stimulated by the Holy Spirit. So, does it make a difference if we're filled up? Well, I, I believe this that the more you drink, the more you'll see. I mean, even in the natural, I mean, when people get drunk, I mean, they, it's like they, they dream, you know, they just. They see things, you know, it's like, <laughs> not good things, but, you know, for one thing, everybody looks nice and everyone looks pretty and, you know, you know, they, they might kiss a telephone pole or something, you know, and, um, but see, that's, that's what it does. Well, you're never going to believe God for big things if you just stay in the natural. Why? Because everything's overwhelming. But the more you drink of him, what happens? You partake of him. You get his presence and his spirit in you. All of a sudden, you're like, what they tell Joseph? Behold the dreamer. <laughs> People are going to look at you and say, man, behold the dreamer. They just, they dream, they believe that God can do anything. They just believe that God can just perform miracles. They believe that God can, can raise the dead. They just believe that, yeah. that, that what they say, you know, they'll say something is going to come to pass. Yeah, Amen. I plead guilty, yes. yes. And so, you know, people that are drunk, they do crazy things. Mm. <laughs> See, big things of, for God will never be done just in your head. Yeah. So that's what God wants you to do is step out of the natural into the spiritual. And I'm, when you start saying that, some people think, ooh, you're spiritual. <laughs> you know, because they think it's some far out realm. But, you know, just being spiritual means walking in love. It means walking not in the natural, but according to the dictates of the Spirit. But, you know, I was thinking even as we were up, I was up there, we were ministering. And when Pastor LaShawn came up, I was just, we were singing that, let your, your um, glory rain down. And I was just thinking about hearing Brother Hagin say this one time. He talked about one time when he was ministering in um, healing school. And um, he said that um, the glory of God came in the room. 
And he saw it just like you see it in the Old Testament. He said where it was like a, like a cloud came in. And he said that, he said that he uh, prayed for this one lady. He spoke to somebody and said, um, be healed in Jesus' name. And spoke to this other person. And he said he had, this other person, and they said, some of the helpers said, we've never seen you like that ever before. He said he jumped down off the platform. And um, I don't know if what, anyway, he rebuked death and um, prayed for the person. And um, he, anyway, he, he had no knowledge of any of that. He said, I'll, he said, the only thing I know, he said, I, I, I call it being lost in the spirit. He said, he said, that's when you have the greatest results. When you're not just in the natural. And so I'm not saying that you're unconscious, but you're, you're just more conscious of spiritual things. He said, he said, that's usually when you have the greatest results. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so the, one of the ways we get there is by being filled up with the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Look in verse 7. And the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men that have lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. And let all the other people go to his own house. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, <coughs> and retained those 300 men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get down into the host, for I have delivered it into your hand. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to. He says, I already have. But if you fear to go down, go with hoorah. How would you like that name? Pura, thy servant, down to the host. And that you shall hear what they say. And afterward shall thy hands be strengthened to go down to the host. Then went he down with his servant unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. And the Midianites and the Malachites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. And their camels were, were without number. As the sand by the seaside for multitudes. So we're talking about being outnumbered by hundreds to one. Thousands. And notice it says, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it. That it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay long. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned to the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. I think it's, it's amazing because... They have to see it the way God sees it. Same thing with, with the children of Israel in the book of Numbers. But what did they say? They say, we're just like grasshoppers in their sight. But you know that even um, when Joshua took them in, that was not the case. It was just like this here. It said that the, the people were afraid. 
remember what Rahab, the harlot, said. She said that the people are afraid that their heart melts for fear of you. Take the land. You've heard what your God did. But you could never persuade those people to go in and take the land. So notice here. It said, you know, I mean, can you imagine the size of this barley bread? It was just a dream. <laughs> but they said, it's nothing else but Gideon. But it says that, that Gideon, he heard it, and it said he worshipped. Why? Because only God gets the glory for this. Lord, we worship you. I mean, it's only, I mean, think about Second Chronicles 20, and we'll get to that one in a minute. But, you know, in Second Chronicles 20, he, he bowed down and worshipped. Lord, our eyes are upon you. Why? Because we don't, we don't have what it takes to beat this army. And so he says, he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall you do. And when I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came into the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch. And they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers. And held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow. See, all you have to do is let the Lord start working. And the enemy is going to destroy himself. And it says, And 300 blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Beshetah in Zareth and to the border of Abel Meah. Wow, some names. Unto Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of all Manasseh and pursued. After the Midianites. And if you keep reading, it talks about them pursuing and, and, and how um, Gideon conquered all these different people. Over in Second Chronicles chapter 20. This reminds me. Jehoshaphat. Here's a man of God. And the Bible, here he is. is he cries out. He cries out to God. Verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. That's a good thing to do when you're outnumbered. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not you, thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand you? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before 
thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. And they dwelt therein and have built you a sanctuary then for thy name. He goes on exalting God. Verse 12. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know what we to do, but our eyes with the stance are upon you. So that, that's what the stance of faith is, is you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to keep your eyes on the Lord. Think about Hezekiah. Here's a man that has this death sentence pronounced by a prophet. And let me just say something. Don't always be looking for, for, for what some new prophet is saying. I have, something, I have a, a book full of what the prophets have said. I know that makes people mad sometimes, but there, there are people that instead of being... Now, I believe that, there, that God uses... There are prophets today. There's all five of the ministry gifts. Today, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. But some people, you know, some people it's like having a, they have their cup of coffee and they have a brand new word for the day. I, I got the word. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. It's the book for me. So, yes, you can listen to prophetic words. You can listen to different things. But some people, you know, they, their day is not going good if they haven't had some new prophecy. No, I'm serious. You have to establish yourself on the word. That's why the Bible says that, that we have a more sure word of prophecy. And, and please understand, I, I am not against prophecy. I'm not against tongue, interpretation of tongues, all the gifts of the Spirit. I mean... And I don't mean just on paper. I believe in, in, in its actual um, operation. But none of those things supersede the word. And so what happens when you, you can't get a word? What happens when you can't get a hold of the prophet's hotline? What do you do? You have to have a word from God. Lord, I'm going to open your word and you speak to me. And, and so <clears throat> here's the thing, though. God will use a word through even somebody that, that they can speak to you and that, that word will be a rhema word to you. It will be a, a word that confirms something. And so that's so important. You know, if a prophet says something to you, if it confirms it, then that's good. If it, if it doesn't, then, then just put it on the shelf. Amen. Hallelujah. Because these things are not to divide the body. They're to, to help. Yeah. And like I say, I, I love, I mean, look at the ministry of Brother Hagin. I mean, he was, he was a prophet and teacher. Yeah. So I believe in the ministry of the prophet. So please don't misunderstand me. But the word of God, and that's why even when he taught, he said there needs to be variety and balance. And one of the things that he said was this, that as a teacher, it helps steady him as a prophet. Because some people think that prophets are just, they're, they're out there in another realm. <laughs> some people think that the teacher is too dry. You know, some people think that the evangelist is wild-eyed and, and crazy. You know, but all those things are false. They're, they're all together. We, we need all the gifts together that, that, that edify. Amen. So you understand where I'm coming from. <clears throat> so us today, we are part of the army of the Lord. 
I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. So if understand this, you're part of the Lord's army. It may not be called Gideon's army, but you're part of the Lord's army. And, and see, with God, you and him are a majority. Who's ever felt outnumbered in life? Who's ever felt, you know, that, you know, I don't have what it takes against what I'm facing? Well, if, you, if the Lord's with you, then you're a majority. Second Timothy chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy 2 says, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, what are we? We're soldiers of the cross. I mean, there used to be a, an old song, Onward to Christian Soldiers. I think a lot of people have lost that maybe as believers, that, that we're, we're supposed to be a good soldier. What does that mean? Who's ever been in the military? In the military, you know, you can't just say, you know, if they, if they um, I guess the sergeant or whoever, you know, uh, you know, if they say, okay, everybody do this. Oh, Sarge, I don't want to, you know, my leg's hurting today. <clears throat> Sarge, I, ca I can't do that today. <laughs> what are they going to say? Well, you know what, just take a breather. Just take about five and come back when you feel better. <laughs> Sarge, we've been running all day, you know. You know, haven't we run enough? But what, what are you doing? You're taking people. <laughs> maybe they, they come in looking like Gomer Pyle, but you're, you're transforming those people into someone who's going to be somebody that, that is ready and fit for war. Because when, when it comes time for war, there is no time for getting ready. At that point, you have to be ready. And so that's why he says, endure hardness. What does that mean? Not everything's going to be easy in life. But you have to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That means I'm going to go where he wants me to go. I'm going to stay where I'm stationed. I'm going to go where I'm sent. You know, if you say, well, you know what, Lord? Is there a, is there a base over in Honolulu? You know. Lord, is there, is there a... And sometimes you might just... You might just Come to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I put in a request for a transfer. <clears throat> I mean, you might do that, and, and, and it comes back and says, denied. <laughs> what do you have to do? Then you have to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. So <clears throat> what do we know? We know that the Lord Jesus has chosen us. As a believer, and we are not of this world. That's why when things go on, and, 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 and look, if things go squirrely the next few months, don't go squirrely with it. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews, 
It says that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This is not my eternal home. I'm just passing through. You know, when, when you pass through a city, it might have some crazy things going on, but that doesn't mean that you get out of the car and just, you know, and, and protest everything and, and be a part of it. You're just passing through. You know, it doesn't mean that you're a part of it necessarily. Same thing with this earth. There's a lot of different things, but we endure hardness. We f- fulfill the plan of God. And, and then there's a, a time where we're, we're just passing through, and then we, we just do our tour duty, and we're faithful. And occupy till I come. What did Jesus say? Occupy. What does that mean? That means that I'm actually doing something. You know, the occupying army, that's just not an army that just sits and and watches TV. They're they're still occupying, but what what is the occupying army doing? They're enforcing the victory that's already been established. What are we doing? I don't have to defeat the enemy. But we have to enforce the victory. We have to enforce it. How do we do that? We do that by prayer. We do that by being the church. Hallelujah. And part of that is not living in any kind of fear. So concerning God's plans, thinking about Gideon and his 300, number one, get the word of the Lord. When it comes to God's plans, how are we going to be in, in the fullness of God's plan? How are we going to be Gideon's 300? How are we going to be the ones that don't go home? And, and, and like one guy said, go home to mama. And, you know, and how, how are we going to be the ones that are bold and courageous? We're, how are we going to be the Gideon's 300 that are, you know, many are called, few are chosen. Many are, many are called, but few choose to obey the call. See, a lot of people think that, Oh, you know, they're in fear. I mean, I know I used to be like this until, until I understood that verse. Many are called, few are chosen. I thought, and the devils may quick to say, well, you're definitely not the one. You're not the chosen. He'll perch on your shoulder. Well, that's definitely not you. But what that means is many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few choose. And because they don't choose. See, once you choose... I'm called, called that are and they're Amen. that are chosen. Amen. So how many in here say that I'm called I'm and, I'm and I'm chosen? Amen. That means that just means you have to show up. You know, it's just like when the Lord said, He remember when He bid this this great feast. He throws this big party, and He says, "Go invite all these different people." And what happens? It says one by one they begin to make excuse. You know, I can't come over there. I got a brand new four-wheeler, and I got to tune it up. You know, I got this, and I got this. Hey, I just got married. I can't come over there. And it said that, that he said to them that, that none of these people that were bidden shall taste of my supper. He, shall, he said, go out into the highways and byways and bring them in. Why? Because the, the homeless man, he doesn't have his, his, how many remember a Rolodex? He doesn't have his Rolodex full in his, his calendar an appointment's full. He's like, uh, can you come to the supper? Uh, yeah, I can be there. <laughs> can, can you come out? We're going to have a big feast. Yeah, I can make it. But it said those people that were bidden, they all made excuse. And it said, he, they will not even taste of my supper. <clears throat> so what do we have to do? We have to make a decision. And so 
being the part of the 300, you need the word of the Lord. The what, the how, the where. Just like, just like Gideon had. And then number two, you have to drink. You have to drink. It's crucial. You know, I, 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 don't, I really don't know what people do. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be filled today. But, but I don't know what people do without His presence. Now, if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit's presence. I don't mean that. He's within you. But there's another realm... Uh, uh, an experience subsequent to salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so when you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you don't even know sometimes what to pray about. So you just begin to, to yield to the Holy Spirit. You begin to, to pray out those things. And thank God for the, the opportunity and ability to pray in tongues. You, there's never a time where your, your spirit's unsatisfied. You know, sometimes when you, when you don't speak, you know, when you just speak in English, and I think we should exercise English as well, but, but it's like your spirit doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't project everything that it wants to say. And so, but then you just stop and say, Lord, I just worship you. I magnify you. As you begin to let your spirit express itself. And as you begin to do that, as you begin to pray in other tongues, after a while, you just, you get into a flow. You get into a flow and it just bubbles out. That's the only way I know how to say it. It just bubbles forth. Even the word prophesy means to bubble forth, to tumble forth. So, so if you want to prophesy good, then you need to be full. How many would agree that when you, you prophesy, you, you want it to, to be coming out of a river, not just something that it creaks out, you know? <laughs> it, it should tumble forth. It should, it should, and so... That's, that's what, and you know, you can all prophesy. Well, I'm not in full-time ministry. You can all prophesy. That's what the Bible says. For you may all prophesy. Does that mean that everyone's going to get a talk about maybe a, the, a word about the future? No, not necessarily. Just a simple gift of prophecy. Speaking unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. But as you do that, you're drinking. And it, it, you have to do that on a daily basis. How many know it's important to drink water? How many know that if you don't drink water, I mean, you can do without food for a while, but what if you don't drink water? Same thing if you don't drink of the Spirit. You don't die, but you just dry up. You get creaky and cranky. Who's ever just got cranky? And you just, <clears throat> and you just say, just don't mind me. I got to get off by myself for a little bit, you know, and. Like Pastor Matt Hammond said, he was talking about boldness one time. He said, he said if, if he needed boldness, he said, I'd just go sit in the restroom, just shut the door and just, oh, he about said that. Of course, even if I had to go to the restroom, I'd just get off by myself and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you know, we can pray for boldness, the Bible says. You know, it's not just a decision. Just be strong. Be strong, brother. No, you can actually pray for it. You can pray for boldness. Amen. And so, get the word of the Lord, drink of the Holy Ghost, and then, number three, be bold without fear and do what he says for you to do. It's not enough just to have the word of the Lord and to be full. That's like, that's like being ready, rested up with your gun right here, and you're never going to battle. 
See, once you, you, the Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And so we have a work to do in Dickinson. And so to do that, we're going to have to drink the new wine. We're going to have to drink the new wine and we're going to have to be bold. Bold. Warriors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you that you've called us into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the necessary weapons. Lord, you've given us the weapons of praise. You've given us the weapons of your word. You've given us the weapons of, Lord, the angels. The weapon of the blood. (laughs) Lord, I thank you for the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the Lord. Which is the word of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we're dressed for battle. Lord, that we're ready. Lord, even as as Gideon's 300, Lord, they didn't just become oblivious to all that was around. They went down and drank and cupped it to their hands, looking around. Lord, even as you said, watch and pray. Lord, I thank you that we will be watchful in this time and this season. Thank you, Lord, that we'll, we'll pray like never before. Lord, I thank you for your church to rise up in prayer, for your church to rise up, to take the city in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that there's no fear here. Lord, that we'll be bold, that we'll be courageous, that we'll not be afraid to take the land. Lord, even if it looks large, even if it looks big, we know, Lord, that if it, if it was something that we could do, that we wouldn't need you. Lord, we know that we need your hand. Lord, even as Jehoshaphat prayed, and he said, we don't even know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Lord, we put our eyes upon you even now. Lord, we look away from the, the, the things of, of this realm, and we look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the ancient of days. <laughs> Lord, we rest in you today. We magnify you. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the victory, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that as we sing, the victory comes. As we praise and worship, the victory comes. As we rejoice, Lord, that you put our enemies in derision and confusion. Thank you, Lord, that you bind them with fetters of iron. Lord, that we don't even have to fight that as we lift up our voice according to the word of the Lord. (laughs) Lord, that you fight our battles for us. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.